Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. If you've clicked on this podcast episode again, thank you ever so much for doing so. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes as well, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, I say regularly that if you've referred it or just by clicking on this uh, podcast that you're an absolute superhero. When you are, you really are. It makes my day hearing lovely comments. And thank you ever so much again for listening to last week's. If you checked that episode out, we discussed last week uh, why I loved Loki, which is something I didn't think I'd be saying anytime soon. Um, yeah, really, really loved it. And it's great to see and hear all the positive reviews that are coming out for the TV show and for Marvel and Disney itself. Uh, but again, as fans, obviously, it's, it's wonderful that so many viewers have loved it. So again, if you missed that or if you want to have a listen. It is available on the podcast. Just click on uh, the previous episode. But I, uh, yeah, I wanted to do something different this week. I thought to try and, you know, we've done revisits before. We've we've discussed obviously films such as like Knowing, even gone over like topics such as like Walking Dead and The Office and and so on. And even uh, of course the brilliant Chef, which I think was the last revisit that we did. And um, it's great again hearing how many people have enjoyed um, that film since. Um, so I thought I'd do like another revisit, but uh, more of a spoiler discussion. You know, you see people who do reviews, they do the spoiler free review, then they do a spoiler review. So I thought it's not something necessarily I'll do every week, but maybe, you know, revisiting previous films that I've reviewed on this channel and, well, just going over it a little bit more. Uh, so this week I thought, let's let's do it. Let's go for it and we'll see how it pans out, mainly as well because the weather's been so hot, I can't bear to kind of sit in uh, in my uh, yeah in in the film in the film room and watch a film because it's the attic it's boiling and yeah who wants that when the weather's like this eh so yeah I thought what I'd do is is I'd revisit uh, and spoiler discuss uh, spiral from the book of saw which again as I've already mentioned and it kind of shows already that I'm a massive saw fan uh, the only horror franchise that I really really am fully behind big up so and uh, yeah james wan lee winnell two of my favorite favorite writers and directors uh, i can't praise their work enough maybe one day i will do an episode solely on their incredible work but that remains to be seen so yeah this uh, this episode episode 13 is going to be a spiral revisit spoiler discussion um if you've seen the film as well i'd love to know your thoughts don't forget you can get in touch as well on facebook and twitter uh, by searching on facebook uh, joe blogs about films you can also check out the twitter page which is joe blogs films so thank you again if you follow that if you liked the page already again thank you um so yes we'll have a discussion on there if you want yeah to talk further about saw or any any film in fact just uh yeah you can catch me there so this week then uh an episode on saw again and if you're a saw fan then i i know that the spiral film may have kind of gone one way or the other with yourself because there are a few things that um i don't know it's it's, it's a different film it's it's more for me it felt more like seven uh, which i think i mentioned on the last podcast but you know we got back the director of saw two three and four which i think that a lot of people was saying as much as for me, I thought it was a tremendous, um, a tremendous like return for, for the for the director Darren Lynn Bousman because you know I've, I haven't really followed much of his work since, but I really 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 did enjoy Saw Two, uh, but also you know Three and Four is my least one of my, if probably could no it's not my least favorite but one of my least favorites. But for for what they were Two and Three, I thought they were really really good, and I kind of missed his touch a little bit on the on the rest of the Saw films. Like if they'd have brought him back maybe for the final chapter, I think we'd have definitely got a better film than than what we did. Um, so seeing Darren Lynn Bousman return. I felt that we were going to get something that was quite close to the original, um, well, to the original Saw films, more so than what Jigsaw film was. Um, and, and we did with the traps, I think, definitely. But I also really liked the approach of let's do something different. Let's do like a, you know, like a 7S kind of 
cop drama. There's a jigsaw copycat on the loose. We're trying to figure out what, you know, who's doing it, what, why it's happening, this, that, and the other. And the political message behind it all, I think, was 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 really good for what, you know, for Saw. And, you know, the budget for this was much higher than the previous films because, obviously, with Saw, it was a film a year. It was just, let's get them out, let's get them out, let's get them out. Um, and so they didn't really have much of a budget. And to say they didn't have a great budget, I still feel like the films looked so, so grand in its scale at times. Like some of the traps, obviously, the bigger they got. Yeah, by, by Saw, the final chapter, or Saw 7, if you want to call it, or Saw 3D even. Um, yeah, it looked, you know, the blood, for example, in that one looked just terribly fake i don't know if they'd completely ran out of budget by that time but i remember the film the problem with saw 3d which i couldn't even do uh, 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 an actual separate thing on that but it turned into like a slasher film like towards the end you've got hoffman uh, going around just bloody stabbing everyone like left right and center literally every chance he got it was taking out a complete um entire police like unit essentially uh so yeah it went a bit downhill there then jigsaw came along and it tried like i said to revamp the franchise keeping it close but at the same time trying to go in a different direction and i didn't think it worked which is why i was more nervous with spiral because i thought well this is a a definite like there's no way about it like i think with, with jigsaw we as a fan you maybe thought from the trailers that it was just going to be a, a regurgitated a re, you know a same cycle kind of thing of what what to expect where it kind of wasn't so you felt a little bit short changed whereas spiral it was like there's no other way around it we are doing something completely different and fresh but trying to keep it within that sort of universe and i'm all for that why not do it because it needs a bit of a shake up it needs new blood almost and chris rock coming in to uh be part of this is uh like i said is absolutely brilliant like i think that as castings go or as, as leads go i think he played it so so well as detective zeke banks uh, and the relationship as well between not only marcus banks his father but his new partner detective william shank and also marisol nichols who is brilliant i didn't really touch too much on marisol nichols in the first review i think because it was my first ever podcast i must have just been trying to get everything i possibly could out and then hope for the best but marisol nichols i thought was really good i believe she's from she was starred in riverdale which is a tv series that i tried to get into like i really did but it, it, it's not for me um but she's she's great as as the as the leader i do understand though from from most review points that Everyone seems to be up at like like the level eleven. Like no one's a, a kind of a the so high and it's always that almost loud and yelling all the time. That there's no kind of like fresh air moment, like just a breath of fresh air, almost like just a break in it to allow us to take in what's happening. Everyone's like da 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 da, and then yelling at each other. Just get the job done. Yeah, catch catch chicks. So it just seemed a little bit like. Yes, I do understand that there's it's serious and there's you know police officers being killed, um, but can we just tone it down a little bit? There was there was a few moments where I felt like you didn't have to yell that. Um, again, that's my own. There, there were the, the there are there are flaws with the film, but there's not not as not as many for me because I'm biased. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I, I do love the franchise, so I guess I am going to be slightly biased. Um, but no, so the film essentially, I would say, centers around the new jigsaw copycat killer that's going around targeting cops. Like I said, there is a political message behind that. I say cops overusing their power which we've seen so much in the past anyways and so i like that i like that a lot and there's more messages in this film you know to do with cops that i will come to um yeah come to uh, as we go on because like i say it's a spoiler discussion so we're going to talk about the traps as well because the traps obviously it's a saw film we can't possibly not talk about traps uh, we're also going to talk about i mentioned in the first episode that i did with this the first podcast that there's a point in the film that is so so clear that 
you can guess who is the the person they're looking for. We're going to talk about that as well as say it's a spoiler discussion. So nothing, nothing is off the table today. We are going to go full in. So what I thought I'd do first is talk about the traps because it's a soft film. So let's talk about the traps and it's a spoiler discussion. And I didn't really talk about them too much. You said that I enjoyed them. They're very, very back to basics. And I like that. It's almost like this jigsaw killer is just trying to do what he can with what he's got. So some of these traps, there are some like the, the, in in the past. There's there's a couple that I can't watch. In particular, uh, the one where in so far the lady is getting a like a scalp pulled back. Um, can't deal with that. Nor can I deal with Saw Two with the blades when the, the girl puts her hands in the box of blades, kind of thing. Bear in mind, I know that everyone else can't deal with like the needle pit. Oh, I'm fine with that. Give me that any day of the week. But but these others, just these other two. Um, and there's there's one in this particular film that oh there's two rather that make me. Like, more so one than the other, kind of like uncomfortable, but not in a way that I can't stop watching it. So we'll come to them in a second. But the first trap that we see, it's straight off off the bat, is the tongue trap. I'm just going to call it that because I don't really know what it is. This essentially is a gentleman that is strapped in a uh, in a in a in a train tunnel, and yeah, he's on a ladder. He's got his tongue in place, like with some metal bars. The aim of this is to basically, he's got about two or three minutes to essentially remove the ladder, fall, his tongue will be ripped out and he will not die from being hit by a train. And the reason that he's in this trap is because he um, has like lied on the stand many times just obviously have people put away, which is again kind of cool that we got that back a little bit because we touched on that before in Saw 2, uh, which is a nice little nod to like the Detective Matthews story because essentially it's his, um, you know, because of him and, and him framing people to be put away in jail. They're all the people in the, the house in Saw 2 that his son's with. Um, and yeah, kind of nice little nod basically to that. But the trap itself, like it's, um, it's again one of those where you're kind of watching it and you're like, I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do because... My first thought is, well, if he falls, there's going to be more than his tongue that gets ripped out there. It's going to be like surely death anyways kind of thing. So it's, I, I wondered at times whether some of these traps were purposely made more difficult so that they wouldn't actually get out. And it is, um, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, a sentence rather than an option or like a you know a choice to try and get out. Because I don't think anyone in any tra- in any of these traps uh, escape, which is, uh, which is interesting because I like a good story of someone making it out and will there be like a... An accomplice, I, I, but I also like the fact that they didn't kind of copy that formula, and it's just kind of right. This is someone new; he's out to get people, and you know what I didn't kind of expect was the motives behind the the jigsaw killer, which we will touch upon. We will touch upon. So, with the first trap as well, um, of course, we need to talk about the actual like jigsaw killer voice, um, if you will, uh, which has gone down very mixed uh some some people either really hate it or some people i don't know like myself that just didn't didn't really mind it i don't know like it, it is very almost anonymous in the sense that it's not as like gravelly it's almost very i don't know like it's it's it is strange it's, it's different and i think that because obviously we're so used to that you know rough john kramer almost demonic voice when he's talking and the and the jigsaw puppet uh, billy the puppet is kind of telling what's what this is this is obviously very different like it's so far away from it which i think is really again a, a nice touch and a great decision because i i understand i think that they were kind of toying with how to do that um but because darren lee Barson was like this is a saw spin-off this isn't a continuation of saw this isn't like saw an actual saw nine 
um, that they want to do something different with it. And I, and I was all for that because all the way through when it when it pops up, it, I think with each time you hear it, it's a little bit more bearable in that sense. Like I've, I've heard that people have said that they didn't quite like it when they first heard it, but by the time they've seen a few extra traps or this, that and the other, um, yeah, it kind of fits the, uh, the the whole, you know, new killer really, I would say. I think that it, it's a person that we will discuss, you know, shortly that is obviously wanting to, you know, conceal their identity and they're not, they're not claiming to be Jigsaw. They're just obviously in homage to his work almost and, uh, yeah, taken from the Book of Saw, if you will. So I didn't mind the voice. I thought it was fine. It's it's interesting. It's completely different from what you would expect in a Saw film, but I think it works I think it works really well, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's creepy, put it that way. Um, so yeah, there's 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 obviously the the, the case is given to um, Detective Zeke Banks, played by Chris Rock, and Detective William Shank, the new uh, detective on the uh, on the block, who's uh, yeah going to be working with Chris Rock, who's a bit of a character that is he just wants to be on his own, like he does not really um, fuss about having a partner. He feels like he's babysitting, and he doesn't stick to the very you know stereotypical. Uh, you know, ways of dealing with things as, as co- you know, in terms of protocol and stuff, he kind of, he's a loose cannon. Um, but he uh, he plays it well, does Chris Rock. And I think there's this, there's the dynamic of he's not trusted in his in his precinct because he ratted out a, a dirty cop, basically. And I think it's, it's a nice twist to say that, right, well, all these dirty cops are now being targeted. The only clean one, um, you know, is... He's trying to do his job, but still the dirty ones are making it more difficult for him. So it's weird because you sat there and you're like, well, I really hope that all these dirty cops do get their comeuppance. I hope that something terrible happens to them because, yeah, we learn out more. We learn more about it as it goes on the story, you know, with how Marcus Banks, played by Samuel Jackson, is this noble cop, this big, you know, cop that people really respected and looked up to. And, you know, it's his son that's ended up trying to be a, 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 an honourable cop and in the end has kind of taken his own career. I liked the shift in the dynamic dynamic and obviously this this almost broken relationship between the two you know two characters father and son of you know Zeke Banks not living up to his father's reputation or always kind of you know prejudged in that sense by people saying oh you're not as good as your dad or it's almost like you want to be your dad kind of thing so that there's all that there as well there's layers there for the character to really work with and you get that frustration a little bit with Chris Rock as well during the during the course of the film because all these cops that are getting taken out it's just kind of like Obviously, things are getting pointed. You wouldn't be surprised if it did turn out to be Chris Rock. Obviously, it's it's not. It's not. It's not that crazy of a twist. I mean, that would be some serious. I mean, you've got to think about that. If uh, if it, if it turned out to be like someone like Chris Rock, or even I, I thought people were like saying it could have been Sam Jackson, which again I thought could bit of a push to say that you know. I, I just couldn't see it anyways. I couldn't see it happening. I wouldn't have found it believable if it was Chris Rock. I think, you know, and no one is that kind of a, a good of a, an actor in that sense in real life. If you were off doing all this and then trying to catch yourself, it would, uh, well, it would be a great twist. It would, but it's how you'd kind of pull that off. And I don't think it's, uh, this isn't the time to be doing that. So I said, I was obviously, I've kind of gone off a little bit because there I was like, oh, let's talk about the traps. And I just spoke about one. Um, we'll, we'll come to the second one because I think the second trap is probably my favorite of the bunch. Not, not, not just the favorite of Spiral for me personally, but I think it's one of my favorite saw traps all, to, all round. I think it's a, a very, very good uh, and simple trap, but it involves losing fingers. So there we go. So essentially uh, one of the, yeah, one of the, one of the coppers who pulled the trigger just essentially shot someone clean, straight up, um, point blank, for just pulling him over for speeding. We see some footage of him just shooting it and shooting this guy. And yeah, now it's time to get his uh, his comeuppance a little bit, you know, by pulling the trigger too, uh, too soon. He's now got to essentially 
forfeit his fingers and and the trap design I think is so good it almost I think it is a little bit of a nod to a sketch that we saw in one of John Kramer's uh, in one of his um, offices that he was in there's like a, it was like a, he's got this almost like a hockey helmet on uh, he wakes up in a tank of water like laid down his hands look like they're tied to those like tubey finger things that you can't get you know you put your one finger in the one end the one in the other and you can't get them out or whatever he's got like them on his fingers and he's there's a mechanism at the end and essentially he's got i think how well so many like a minute or so or whatever to bite down on a lever that will start hoisting him forward from his fingers and, and there's a bar in place that will hold him where he is but he's obviously it's going to keep pulling and eventually his fingers are going to get pulled off so this uh, if he doesn't do it sorry there's water all around him that's been slowly filled and it will hit an electric charge which will well kill him um and i really liked this trap i thought that from the trailer it was one of the first ones that we saw in the trailer the very first teaser trailer like a year or so ago and i was i was intrigued to see how it was going to work and it didn't disappoint it's just it the noises it makes obviously like when the fingers are being like kind of pulled out you're like ah this is this is gnarly um but that's 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 that really i say i think it's a very very good design it's definitely my favorite design of the bunch and it almost reminded me of john like john kramer the original jigsaws kind of way of going about things because it's very uh, mechanical very yeah early saw and uh it's, it's a great addition it's up there one of my favorite traps of the entire nine nine yeah, no, yeah, nine films, blooming heck. So, yes, because Saw 10's set to be coming out. So, yeah, out of the nine films, this this particular trap, and I don't even know, I'm just going to call it the finger trap, um, it's one of my favourites. I think it's a really, really ingenious idea, and uh, it's weird saying that. It's one of my favourite traps of watching a human get tortured. <laughs> Anyways, on to the next one, and um, it's uh, this, this one, I think this was just there for, and again, this kind of, like, um sums up like some of the some of the way that they, they go about it in the sort in this particular film because it's so different because like i say it's a cat and mouse film trying to catch who's who's doing it who's out there pulling all the strings as they keep saying in the film and it's this this trap i'm sh- i'm jumping one ahead because i don't i want to there's one trap that like i say there's a part of this film where you kind of can guess who it is that's that's that is the person that's um, that's doing it. So I'm just going to jump to the trap that involves uh, the captain, uh, which is portrayed by Marison Nichols, uh, Captain Angie Garza. Um, I, it's it's okay the trap. I think it's a bit just not really much. She's got to, you know, essentially um, sever her spinal cord. Um, she's laying on the table. It's like with a box cutter. She's got to like sever her spinal cords, um, and if she doesn't, obviously in time, it, well, she needs to do it to stop this wax from being dripped on her face, basically, and it's pretty, It's th- that's one that I really just think, uh, it's, it's not great, but also I don't really like watching it because it's not pleasant either. Um, so I just, I, I want to get those three out of the way because kind of the, the last trap in particular and the one I want to talk about, they, they kind of come hand in hand, and we're going to come to, obviously, who it is that's been pulling all the strings, who's been sending the tapes to Detective Banks, you know, explaining what's going on, you know, of tagging all the dirty cops and and so on like even to the point of sending like the tongue for example from the tongue trap in a box um and also you know like the fingers and so forth and clues galore but there's a point in the film when i was just sat there and i was like it's a real shame they did this because you don't really know who it is who is doing it because it reminded me like i say the first well it's very different to the first one but it reminded me of any kind of you know cop chasing bad guy film kind of thing there's all these hints to say there's little clues knocking about or you're trying to put pieces together yourself in the 
cinema, you're always going to be sat there trying to be like, it's that guy or it's that girl or it's her or it's him. Um, and, and for the most part of this film, they do it very, very well. However, so the character played by Max Minghella, Detective William Schenk, there's a lot of exposition straight away. I think he kind of like, he's a new cop, he comes into it, and we're already learning stuff like he's got a family, like he's saying things like I've been waiting to be in the police force for since I was 12 years old. Your dad, your dad, uh, Detective Zeke Banks, Chris Rock, your dad, he's the reason why I got into this in the first place. Like, I'm so, you know, this is this is what I want to do. Then there's all this exposition and stuff. And I don't know, like, I remember reading loads of reviews before, even before the film came out. Uh, well, not reviews, but kind of like um, just, just articles about it saying that, you know, they hoped it wasn't going to be Max Minghella's character. And lo and behold, um, it is. He is, in fact, the spiral jigsaw killer um and the reason would say that the moment in the film when i kind of could have guessed this or rather i was like it's got to be him now uh they get called to another jigsaw trap um and they get there and it's in a butcher's there's a skinned body there we don't see anything we, we well we don't see the trap unfold or anything nor is it really a trap if someone's just been skinned by the killer that took straight away for me was waving all of these red flags for me and um yeah we didn't see the trap which straight away i was like that's not good and then um it was kind of like you know i don't know like there was this there's tapes obviously they're trying to work out what, what's it all about and saying how he was skinned this that, and the other and obviously they got like a parcel with part of his skin that had his son's name on charlie this that and the other and there's, there was just all these things going on with max Minghella's character like he, he makes a phone call earlier in the film uh, he goes out of the room to do it, and then he comes back, and then he also rings Chris Rock's character a little bit later with like, there's this, there's a child crying in the background, but you don't see the child or anything. And I was like, already a little bit like suspicious that it could be him. But when they got there and they found the skin body, and there was not no like actual trap, we saw like little flashes of this person being skinned, and that's it. I just was like, it's him. It's got to be. He, he, there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason for Max Minghella's character to be put in a trap. This 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 jigsaw killer is targeting dirty cops. So why has he targeted someone that's just joined the force, that's got a family, this, that, and the other, by all means, done the right all through his life? He's obviously done good to get to where he is. Why would he then be targeted? I know that the 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 driving force of this is, is Detective Zeke Banks and the fact that he's the target in terms of you're the person that's running the case, but I'm going to, you know, directly send all these things to you because you've dealt with dirty cops your entire career. It just didn't make sense to kill off his new partner in that respect. It wasn't like any, I don't know, like it's no driving force. Like his driving force is trying to find him anyways. I guess that maybe a little bit, you could say, well, if they kill off an innocent person, he's going to really, really like ramp up a little bit, but it just didn't work for me. That's the only, they say the only, the, the, the worst thing about it was the fact that, yeah, you guessed it about, that's about an hour in, and I think it's about maybe just before an hour into the film, there's obviously another 40 minutes or so or something like that left. And like also with this Max Minghella character, like, I don't understand how no one called his family. Like they make this big thing of, they come out of the butchers and Chris Rock turns to Marisol Nichols' character and says, we need to make sure this doesn't get out of the press before I speak to his family and let them know, because he was saying earlier he's got a wife and a, and a kid. And that never happens. We never get a phone call. We never see any of that. It's kind of just mentioned so that the, almost like the writers, we, you know, they need to tick a box so we know that he, you know, he's, he set that up kind of thing. He's got a family. But wouldn't it have been strange if they rang and no one answered? Or they, there was like, that person just doesn't exist. That'd be a bit... I mean, I get it for a plot point. It's like, well, we'll just don't ring him. Don't show him ringing him because then we're at a flaw kind of thing. It just, 
it was really strange. It was it's a bit of a bit of a shame for me, anyways, about the you know being able to guess that reveal so soon, uh, as many many cinema goers did as well. I, I remember when the reveal came, and we get another trap uh, where Chris Rock uh, wakes up. He's he's got his uh, hand handcuffed to a pipe, and we get a lovely lovely nod to the original saw. Where not only do we get the actual hacksaw, not the hacksaw, but a hacksaw, we also get the music uh, from Saw One uh, from the score. Uh, of, of it's like I don't know it's like really high screeching violin noise of of yeah whenever the saws when the in saw when they pull the saws out for the first time we hear this like screechy noise that's there again I loved it um a little bit strange that it was like all for kind of show because he finds the key to unlock himself and then he gets out or like a paper a paper clip to unlock himself and he gets out but um so then we get to one of the grander traps of the film and this involves the dirty cop that Chris Rock ratted out at the start of his career almost, just when he was uh, on the streets and such. And this cop uh, had gone round to a gentleman's house to uh, take a statement about uh, another cop that had been up to no good. The gentleman said, yep, I'll confess, I'll testify against them. This bad cop then shoots him in front of, unbeknown to him, his son who sat who stood in the background, who was just, yeah, sees his dad just get killed and Chris Rock turns up and, you know, questions what the, you know, you're saying that this, this innocent, the witness pulled out a gun and it just doesn't make sense. Obviously, that that's where the suspicion rose. And um, yeah, obviously, Chris Rock did the right thing, grassed him out. But yes, he's in a trap now. And this trap is essentially like just just glass galore. There's he's got a choice to make. Chris Rocky can either save him or just leave him to die. Um, and obviously, Chris Rock doesn't know where the key is. But then this glass starts going into a machine, and the guy is chained up, obviously, to the room. And there's glass has been thrown at him, just thrown, 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 thrown at him. It's pretty. Uh, it's it's watchable in the sense that it's not too grim, but it's like harsh because you're like Jesus, this is this must be so painful. Um, and Chris Rock realizes in the tape there's a hint about throwing throwing away the key. The key's in the bin. He tries to get him out, but he's already dead. So boohoo, man who shot down random guy just obviously deserves his uh, deserves what what came to him in that respect. Then obviously comes a reveal that it's Max Minghella's character that is the person that's doing it, and and it's revealed that this. This witness that the dirty cop gunned down, um, that Chris Rock inevitably, you know, ratted out. Um, so the witness that was gunned down was actually Max Minghella's dad. Uh, so there's a young boy that's there that witnesses uh, from another room his dad being gunned down by this cop. And um, ever since then, obviously, he's been plotting away, looking at how to kind of clean up the streets, if you will, of dirty cops. And it just, it, it for me, I was like, I get it, but I wish I hadn't have, well, as in, they, you know, they're putting a little bit more background to it and a bit more why, you know, reason. But it's still, you know, it's annoying that we guessed it ages ago that it was Max Minghella. And that's the driving force of it. His dad got killed and he was just sick of dirty cops. And I think there we have a really, really interesting concept for future films, really, which we'll touch upon shortly about, you know, maybe going after and seeing more of these, you know, these bad cops being being targeted. Cut to the next scene and we get a lovely sliding door like we always do in the Saw films. They love a sliding door, it's great. And uh, we see Samuel Jackson tied up like a puppet, uh, essentially, like just on strings with his blood going into different jars. And we, we, we get more detail as to, you know, Chief Banks, Samuel Jackson's character, his his time as the captain. Obviously, he's retired now, he's, you know, enjoying his retirement. Well, not the minute, he's strung up like a puppet. But, you know, he, he was the chief and he allowed... What essentially was 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 going on? Uh, he set this article in place, which was 
basically a, f a free pass for, for cops and police officers, sorry, to go out and um, just clean the streets in, in, in however, you know, way they see, see fit, whether that is shooting someone, gunning someone down, um, you know, just getting those crime rates down. And it just really brings that whole different dimension to this current situation or even his character in the eyes of Chris Rock, obviously he was, uh, he, you know, his dad was, was idolized and, and now being finding out that he was just allowing this, like even his captain, um, uh, Chris Rock's captain, uh, Angie, obviously plays played by uh, Marcel Nichols. Um, you know, she also was allowing that and she was part of it. Hence why she was then put in the trap. And so there's this decision to make now he can either shoot and kill Max Minghella and stop any future jigsaw films, well, spiral films, should we say, um, or he can save his dad by simply shooting up a, a mechanism which will lower him, release him, and he'll be free. And this is where we get the infamous Hello Zep saw theme, which is just incredible. It starts to play as he shoots the... Um, the obviously the the spiral that the mechanism that he's that Samuel Jackson's tied to, he falls down and um, yeah, it's it's almost like we, this is this, are we going to stop him? What's going to happen? In doing so, um, Max Mangella's rigged up the room so that when the police enter, not only do they obviously enter a dark room and they can't see anything other than Sam Jackson, but Sam Jackson then starts to be pulled up like a puppet. We get all these cuts to some clever, clever, obviously, word in place from Max Minghella's character throughout the film of, you know, your dad's the reason why I've been doing this. I've been waiting since I was 12 years old, this, that, and the other. And um, Samuel Jackson then, from his arms, uh, machine pulls out two guns. The police come in full force. They see him with these guns out and they just open fire at him. They just blow him to absolute smithereens. And it's that, again, that whole thing of, you know, you see a person in particular, you know, a black person with a gun and in America, they just seem to shoot. And it's, it's, it's something that's been going on for, for however long and still going on to, to these days. And I thought that the political message behind that was, was a real, real good one for, for this Saw franchise. It's something that I wasn't expecting them to go down, but I can understand why they did it, especially because they were saying as well, like Darren Lynn Bowsman was saying beforehand, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement how like happened way after they shot this film. Um, so this seems like it's almost like they pre-planned it uh, in a, in a you know to come out following that. But no, this was done way way ahead of of all of that, and that's just because it's something that has been going around in America for for so long. Like you, it it, it still pains me to this day that we're even still having to deal with that kind of stuff. But to see it in the context of like say being able to use it in a saw film and and just how important it is, and that's what makes it so so different. I think that I like I, I thought it was a good kind of you know twist at the end to be like well okay Max Mangala is the guy that's been doing it but you know there's still all these connotations there and all these like layers within that um that I just think that it can go places that other soft like other the horror franchise many horror franchises haven't really gone before because obviously following that Max Mangala's character gets away and it just it, it essentially kind of ends in the similar way of Saw 1 the door shuts while Zeke Banks is screaming and it's essentially how Lee Waddle ended the film uh, with Saw 1 screaming as, as John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, walked out of the room. And there we have it. That's essentially, like I said, the main traps, and I've kind of covered the the pretty much the plot of it as well because we spoke about, obviously, who it was that was doing it. And, yeah, for for most of the, the, the issues that I have with it, there are already kind of... The negatives are outweighed by the positives because I'm such a huge Saw fan and because this film is so... It is different to the rest because it's not just a film about these traps that are there to torture people or, or mainly focusing because poli the police side of things have, has always been 
a driving point of the Saw films. Like most of the Saw films revolve around either coppers being put in traps or, you know, the detectives trying to catch them. Albeit the first one's not really centered about that. That's that is really centered around people in the traps. I think after Saw Three in particular, because we got you know the, we got Detective Matthews in Saw Two. Saw Three was back to kind of the original feel again, and then Saw Four onwards, it was really like a cat and mouse chase, a little bit of like trying to catch Detective Hoffman. With this, it's the the added thing of not knowing who is the jigsaw killer in this film up until the reveal is it's good. It keeps you gripped. I, I, I for one in the cinema was really, really kind of like, cause I've looked forward to this film since it was first announced. And I thought that they did such a good job. Okay. Yeah. It was kind of predictable in the sense it was Max Minghella, but you know, like targeting dirty cops was something that I, I think we can all get behind if I'm being honest, like you could see the motive there straight away. And there's this moment where, you know, when Max Minghella is explaining everything, his whole background and, you know, what happened to his dad and saying, you know, that's why I'm going after these dirty cops and asking detective banks, Chris Rock's character to join him. I think there's, there's, there's an idea there that could work because the sequel, should they do it? And I think they definitely should. We could see either one of two things. We could see Chris Rock trying to hunt down Max Minghella. Obviously, at the, you know, at the moment, it's kind of looking like they're going to probably think it was Marcus Banks because there was like people thinking, I think before in the film, um, you know, his login had been used this and the other and people thinking that Marcus Banks had kind of gone rogue, he'd gone missing and, you know, the fact that, you know, these cops that were being targeted were all ones that essentially had like crossed... Uh, his son, you know, they're the ones that were treating his son badly, so it wouldn't have been too much of a leap to think that it was former chief Marcus Banks pulling these strings. So the finger's kind of been pointed at him, and people, obviously it's going to be like Chris Rock's word against theirs. You know, they've come in, they've seen him with, obviously it was a gun that was obviously attached to him, it wasn't he was holding it. They've gunned him down, but they're going to be like, well, it, you know, it was him that was doing it, so, you know, you're wrong kind of thing. And plus, to everyone else, Max Minghella is dead, like his character's dead. So we could see that, we could see that idea of them, like him trying to hunt him down, or we could also see a different approach, which I think would be very, very interesting, and I would like to think they'd go for this one, but I imagine if Chris Rock joined Detective William Shank, or sorry, like Max Minghella's character, and they decided to go around taking on Dirty Cops, I think that in itself is the start of a new franchise. I think we then... We could easily get a lot more disciples joining them. There could be this whole unit of, you know, these these people that have decided to stand up against the dirty cops. And I think it could work. I think it could work very, very well. Um it's a great it's a great film for me, Spiral. I think it is so good. So I've watched it a fair few times now to know that I do like it in the Soft franchise. I know some people really didn't like it. I was reading some reviews because currently on Rotten Tomatoes it sits at 37% reviewed by critics, but 76% of the audience like it. And and I don't I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Purely for that, this is a perfect example as to why, because the most time most films I like, it gets, you know, it gets slated by critics, but the audience score is always way higher. There's only there's certain films that when they come out, you know are going to get a high rated. Um, but I've seen people saying that, you know, they'd, they'd, rather, they'd rather have a new director come in or like new writers altogether, new team altogether, someone that was kind of excited to do so, someone that was full of new ideas. Um, but I think that I, I don't really know most of the negative comments obviously come down to either the fact it was too predictable. Um, someone even says that they like being scared. What they don't particularly like is being grossed or winced out. I just think that you shouldn't be watching the film then because <laughs> you know what that's going to be. You're going to feel things that are a little bit like, oh, that's too much. Um, 
but no, I think as as part of the franchise, as part of this franchise, it's it's a great addition because it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting again. I want them to do more. I really hope that the next Saw film is going to be a spiral too, or whatever they do. You know, next is going to carry kind of carry on. I would eventually like to see them come back to the original Saw timeline in the sense of you know with the last you know we've not really heard not that we need to be told but obviously detective hoffman was left at the end of saw seven in the original the original bathroom the original the first film's bathroom um did he escape or did he just die i mean i'm assuming he is dead because we've not heard anything but i would like some kind of you know closure on that to an extent and and to see what they could do next because you know we did get a new apprentice at the end of jigsaw which i didn't buy but is that still ongoing or is that now just he just did his bidding to get back and again that was to do with like dirty cop as well so yeah they there's a running theme there but i think that the spiral takes it they take it they take a message in there as well and they really run with it because it's important like it's you, we see it not only i know in in the in the us and stuff obviously guns are used more frequently than they are in the uk but even over in the uk here there's there's, there's police officers that overuse their power and and try to, I don't know, yeah, just bend the rules a little bit. And that's not all of them, though. Just saying, it's, 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 that's not representing all of them or reflecting, but it'd be ignorant and naive of me to say, oh, well, it's all fine and dandy in the UK, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some really good messages and themes in, in Spiral. Um, a lot of horror, a lot of, uh, a lot of nice horror. Nothing too, uh, not, not too much, because as I say, it can go, sometimes the Saw films maybe, maybe took a step too far. Um, but this this film in particular I thought was a good balance. The story was fine, trying to work out who was hunting down these dirty cops. And it's such a weird one because you're always on the I found myself just on the side of the um yeah, the jigsaw killer. Cause you've seen you actually see footage, especially like, you know, the finger trap of him shooting down, gunning down this person, and you're like, Well, you just yeah, off you pop, see if you can do it then. Um what I'd love to see in a saw film, which I, I'm surprised they've not done it sooner. Um, in respect of like who the killer could be, like I thought it was going to be the twit. This is what I thought was going to happen in Jigsaw, but never did. But I felt like Spiral, with the use of like I already mentioned about the voice, the new the new voice, this new Jigsaw killer, how it sounded like anonymous. Um, I feel like they could have done something where it could have been almost like a cult of Jigsaw, like a bunch of people, not just one person, but these people that believe what John Kramer was doing was, was in a sense, right by, you know, targeting people that weren't respecting or fulfilling their life. The, you know, taking, taking advantage of what the, the privilege that they've been given and putting them in traps. I felt that that was what Jigsaw was going to be. If I'm being honest, I thought that was going to be the reveal. And you could have done that with this in a way, like it could have been a case of, you know, these dirty cops were targeted by a cult of Jigsaw. Um, whether Lionsgate are listening, if they want to hear my pitch for it, Let's uh, let's have a meeting. Let's see what we can do because I I feel that that would have been um, a better, almost like a better reveal for the last two films. I mean, I've got nothing wrong with Max Minghella being. I'm more happy with Max Minghella being the copycat rather than in Jigsaw when it was like, oh yeah, there's another apprentice that J that John Kramer had for however long. Just a bit strange. Speaking of John Kramer, which I, f I forgot to mention, I, I read as well that there was also an idea in Spiral that they were going to do like a post credit scene where. The uh, obviously Max Minghella's character as a young boy following the kill following the shooting of his dad uh, was I think he was going to be sat in the waiting room somewhere like either maybe the police station and John Kramer was going to come in and have like a a very quick cameo just to have a, a obviously and a quick chat with with Max Minghella's character almost like signifying this 
not not a direct apprentice, but there was obviously something between the both of them that then would lead on to Max Minghella, you know, carrying on that kind of jigsaw legacy. It might have been a bit of a stretch. It's easy to see why it wasn't why it wasn't used and why it was scrapped, but it may have been a, a little nice uh, nod to the uh, to the original Saw uh, films. But um, hey, I can live without it, and um, I just hope that yeah, that, that, that these films that there is more. Um, I want another spiral, so we shall see. But anywho, like I say, I just thought I'd revisit and talk a little bit more spoilery about Spiral. It's one of my favourite films that's come out this year in particular. So I'm a massive Saw fan, so I'm always really going to say that, let's be honest. Um, if you thought differently or if you want to talk a little bit more about Spiral, you know where I am. I say I, get, I think I gave a shout-out to the socials earlier, but I will do again. The Facebook page is Joe Blogs About Films, uh, Double G in Blogs, and the Twitter account is Joe Blogs Films. Uh, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, spoiler revisit of Spiral from the Book of Saw. Looking forward to seeing and viewing more films to talk about in the future. But this has been Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you again. Till next time. <laughs>